Welcome to the Practical Prospecting Podcast with your hosts, Jed Marley and myself, Maggie Bloom from the Mailshake team. We'll be talking about how to practically set up your outbound outreach game. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Practical Prospecting. This is the podcast from salespeople for salespeople. And in under 15 minutes, we're going to teach you a new practical tip for prospecting. And today we're going to focus all about permission slaps. So Jed, to get right into it, what the heck is a permission slap? Yeah, for sure. So I didn't create the the term permission slap. I actually got the Sims, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's a really experienced mm-hmm. SDR leader. And he shared the idea. I can't remember when it was. It was a while back. And I started seeing it pop up more often. Uh, most recently, there's this guy, Tyler Washington, that works at a company called Falcon. And he made this big post about okay. how he booked a meeting with Kevin Dorsey. that kind of blew up. And the method he used was his permission slap. And then there's another guy I follow, um, Florin Tatsalu. I want to make sure I'm saying his last name right. But yeah. um, he made a newsletter talking about how he sells HR folks, which is interesting because some of these tactics only work if you sell the sales or maybe marketing folks who are more mm-hmm. kind of in that that space. But he sells to HR folks and he used the same sort of method to book. He was like 12 to 15 meetings or something and, and using this exact method that we're going to talk about today. So to your question, what is the permission slap? Well, I'm sure most people <laughs> have heard of the pitch slap. And the pitch slap is mm-hmm. basically when you connect with somebody and you immediately pitch somebody like, hey, here's what we do. Are you open to a meeting? Everybody kind of knows that. Nobody really likes it. Um, I actually don't mind it in certain contexts. I think it's okay if there's a bit of mm-hmm. warmth. But when it's dead cold and you're just pitching somebody right away, nobody really likes it. And so the permission slap is asking for permission to pitch. And so like the most common Mm -hmm. method of what it sounds like is basically it's a one sentence message and it'll be like, hey, Maggie, you know, mind if I send a resource or mind if I send a one minute video on how to improve X problem or how to solve X problem. It's literally just that. And you'll see it in the show notes if you guys want to see specific examples. I shared a lot in the uh, the newsletter we're talking about. But yeah, just to recap, it's, hey, Maggie, mind if I share a one-minute video on how to solve X problem? So that's what the permission slap is. Got it. So it's, yeah, it's like instead of just, you know, pitching, like you said, like a pitch slap, which people are really familiar with, it's like permission to pitch, which I honestly love. And I think it's because like all of us started to get sick of like, okay, think of like the progression of all of this. First, it was a lot of people just like pitching. Like I feel like back in the day when I used to do back in the day, like five years ago, (laughs) not that long ago, I'm not that old, but like I would just like pitch and I was super horrible about doing anything when it came to like email or cold calling or anything like that. And then they were like, okay, we can't just pitch people. So let's like have this really roundabout messaging, like in outreach and like kind of dance with what we want, which people are starting to get sick of too, because they're like, all right, what the hell does Maggie want? Like she should just say it. And so that's why I think like the permission slap is an awesome tie in to both of these. And, and like you said, it's kind of surprising. I think Florin was like the one who was reaching out to HR people, but it's like, I don't know. It makes sense because like no one really wants to read emails that are like, Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know, what's up? All this stuff. Hey, let me ask you this really like broad question or anything like that because they just want to get to the bottom of it. And so that's why I feel like permission slaps work well because it's like that perfect in between of like, you're still being nice. You're not just like pitching someone, but you're like, you are just being straightforward and you're going to give them something of value after. So like, I think you said there's, I read from the article that we're about to dive into is that there's two ways that you do it. Right, Jen? Yeah. So 
our team has been testing this in two different ways. So the first way we've been doing it for a while, uh, and we might have talked about this in another podcast, I can't remember, but we've seen a big increase in reply rates when we started doing this. And that is changing our call to action from an interest-based call to action, which is like open to learning more or is this worth a conversation, to video call to actions, which uses the permission slap idea. And so our call to actions on most of our email sequences now are, if it's interesting, can I share a one-minute video? And the thought process behind that is super simple. It's the same reason why the permission slap works. It's because most people don't want to just take a demo right off the bat. But, you know, asking, hey, do you want to just see a custom one-minute video is a super low friction ask. And so as a result, the people who, you know, maybe were interested but not interested enough to take a demo are now interested enough to respond and say, sure, let me take a look at that one-minute video. And then it's kind of a snowball effect. Once you get them to look at the video, it's a lot easier to then book a demo with them. And so that's increased our response rates a lot in our emails. And then the second way we're using it is on all of our sequences, the first step has always been a LinkedIn connection request. And typically it's just been a blank connect, but we've now started testing using this permission slap. So when we connect with somebody, we say like, hey, Maggie, mind if we send a one minute video on you know, how to increase response rates or how to make sure your emails don't land in spam or something that we do or a problem that we solve. And that's resulted in it's basically brought us a lot of good results. I'm happy to share that. But yeah, those are the two methods that we've been using, the email call to actions and then that first LinkedIn step uh, with the permission slot. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, Jed is being modest when he said, like, maybe I'll share results with you just to kind of give you a breakdown because Jed is not one to brag. He's just one to say that, hey, this is actually working and this is the results that you've seen from it. So Jed booked four meetings from 50 messages that he sent this way. Lena, who's on our team, got 16 responses from 80 messages that she sent. And then Caesar from our team booked three meetings all in one day. And I'm pretty sure it was like before 10 a.m. or something. Yeah, that was an awesome day. <laughs> Yeah. So it does work. And, you know, like we'll dive into a little bit here. It's like, it's being straightforward. It's getting to the point. It's not asking someone for 30 minutes to get on a demo, which, you know, we can talk about all the time. And, you know, everyone's really saying that these days that no one really has time for that. But I kind of want to go into like a couple of things, like why this works. Like, I know we talked about the way that you can do it, but like, why do you think it does work, Jed? Um, yeah. So, I mean, the first way I think it works is, again, because it's low friction and most people are going to be open to taking a look at a video rather than taking a demo. But the second, like, you can't just say, hey, mind if I send a one minute video on how to cook potatoes, for example. Like, just because you're saying want to send a one minute video doesn't mean people want to actually. <laughs> of course, you have to have something that's relevant. And so that problem question that you asked, and again, look at the newsletter and see all of the examples that we share. But the problem that you have to, like the problem question has to be relevant, right? And so when we first started testing this, we came up with like four to five different problems that Mailshake solves and we tested all of them and we landed on one or two that gave us the best response rates. And that's how you see those results we just talked about. And so what I would recommend to anybody who wants to try this out is come up with like three or four problems that your product solves and then test them all out. So mind if I share a one minute video on how to do X or how to avoid X or or how other insert titles just like you are doing X. And you want to kind of invoke curiosity. Mm -hmm. And if you also, we talked about Harry in the very beginning. If you look at his examples in the newsletter, he was talking, he's kind of using social proof. So his his version of the permission slide yeah. was like, hey, mind if I send a, a one minute video on how other people just like you are doing this. So again, like you have to kind of invoke curiosity. And there's a couple tips for this. The first one obviously is landing on a relevant problem. But the second one is in our messaging, we actually started using words like, mind if I send an unconventional idea for boosting or response uh, okay. rates 
In Florin's example, he said, can I ask you a potentially silly comp-related question? I think in Harry's example, he said, mind if I share a uh, or not unorthodox method for doing X? And so we're using words like unorthodox, yeah. uh, silly, unconventional. And that kind of gets them thinking like, oh, why is it potentially silly? Why is it unconventional? It's not just a standard yeah. you know, tip or method that they've heard of a million times. And so I think that's also what helps make them be more curious and then want to respond more messages. Yeah. It's also like, do you want to hear the number one method for getting outbound yeah. leads? Like, you know, it's like when you're like, all right, great. I'm about to get pitched by someone. So no, I love that wording there too. Yeah. And I think Florence was like, yeah, mind if I ask your expert opinion on a potentially silly comp related question. So like that perks someone's curiosity to begin with. Cause like, like you said there, he's reaching out to like people in the HR space and it's like, oh yeah, like I, I might be interested in this. I might be interested in what they have to say too. And it's also going back to like, you may have to test this out of what kind of problem you land on. So just like you said, Jed, and I just talked with Bilal Batrawi about this and how he used to test this at companies. And he said like the first person he tested on was maybe like a customer of theirs already and say like, hey, would you ever respond to a message like this? Which I think is a genius way to do it. And one of the methods that he did totally failed. The guy was like, if you asked me that question, I feel like it would have been way too personal because he, it was like a question about like, can I ask you about food safety, which people are really guarded about in the industry he was reaching out mm. to. But yeah, like you said, it has to be related and also using that unsure messaging instead of like coming out there with like, Hey, you know, this is the number one thing I see or like whatever. It's like you're positioning them at the beginning of the sales cycle. Like you're both on the same page. Right. You're not coming at them with like, yo, I'm the expert and this is exactly why you need to listen to me. It's like, no, hey, I have this silly question or this is unorthodox or so unconventional. But I think why this works so well, um, and I was just listening to a podcast episode about this. It came from just copywriting in general. It's called Build Your Your Copywriting Business. But these two women on the podcast basically talked about like the CTA too of it. It's like, it's just like one line. It has a CTA already involved in there and it goes straight for a yes or a no. And you know exactly what's going to happen next. Like I'm going to get pitched, but I'm not going to get pitched a meeting. If that makes sense. Like they know exactly what they're going to get because they said yes to something or that they're going to get a video from Jed. So I think that's what makes it work or like so, so well, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just like, like you said, creating curiosity and the simplicity of it. It's so easy to respond to. Like most of the time people don't respond to messages because they're too long. And so it kind of just checks up all the boxes, creates curiosity. It's a relevant problem. It's a short message. I think that's why it works. And if you look at those results that you shared, Maggie, and from what I've seen from everybody else, I see who uses it. Um, if they kind of follow these methods we're talking about, the response rates are super high, especially compared to like what you would normally see from sending emails or making calls and trying to get a connect. So it's absolutely worth doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is higher because again, it's like, it's, you're coming at it from the same direction as the buyer. You're coming at it at like the same exact pace. You're not trying to one up them like, Hey, do you want to hear why all of these methods are so amazing yeah. that I figured out and I have it packaged for you here. So I love it. And we do have other episodes like Judd talked about of like how you can form this or how you can have an offer or how you can go into a permission slap. One other podcast episode I just want to name where Florin goes into a little bit more depth about this is 30 Minutes to President's Club. So he's on an episode where he goes into all about permission slaps. And yeah, just because we're going to wrap it up right here, 
Like I said in earlier, we're going to try to do this in under 15 minutes for you all. But any last words on this, Jeb, before we finish up? No, give it a try. Um, check out those resources as well. Again, I, I haven't seen it not work for somebody. So try it out. Use these resources. And I doubt that it won't work is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> I doubt that it won't work. Quote by Jed. <laughs> but thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Practical Prospecting. We are going to come up with episodes where we're inviting guests. So the first couple of guests that we're going to have on here is someone who's really, really well-versed when it comes to email and LinkedIn. And then we're going to have guests around cold calling. So we're going to actually hear from people who are in the field prospecting. And again, we'll also have our Q&A episode. So if you ever have any questions for Jed that, or myself that you want to answer on the podcast, feel free to write those in. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, or you can email me at maggie at mailshake.com um, and we'll answer those lives. But thank you. This was another episode of the Practical Prospecting Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself today, give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify Podcasts. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time. Bye.